We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me disclose why he's out this week, but it's a big weekend for Mr. Svendiari. Um, actually, seeing him tomorrow, so big weekend. I have another Asian dude coming on. Does this person count as Asian for Sam? I don't even know. I guess it does. But Ben, Ben Cruz, you're definitely Asian. What's up, man? I, I definitely am, dude. This is this podcast is like Chase Center's Chase Center fans' dreams. Two Asian dudes talking about the Warriors. <laughs> this, so you're. You're a producer for light years and been with us for uh, producing light years for a while, so I love it. You also got your own podcast, too. You, you got your own uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter I do. what you put. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I have a wrestling podcast on Blue Wire. Kept it in the family. It's called It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast Is Called. Uh, for any of you ba- uh, hoops fans out there who like wrestling as well, uh, you know the fake kind of wrestling, the good kind of wrestling, uh, just hop on over, check us out, subscribe. This was a five star rating. My uh, all my friends are huge wrestling fans. I never got into it just because I never understood why people liked it. It's the but drama, man. man. It's just the drama. The athleticism is kind of like takes secondary <laughs> to that, but the drama is just it's phenomenal. I love it. Is it so? I mean, speaking from someone that doesn't know anything, it is all scripted, correct? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Now uh, they don't even hide it anymore. You know, that's just common knowledge now. <laughs> Well, so, okay, so that, that I think everyone knows, but does, like, are all the moves scripted? Like, does, like, are the, the winners already picked? Like, how does it work? Like, so, they just... the winners are determined, right? So, they'll tell them who's going to win the match, like, up and it could be up until, like, they're about to go out there. Like, they might not know up, up until that moment. 
in terms of the move sets, uh, more or less they're so good now in the ring that they call them in the ring. Like they like oh wow they'll, they'll try it. So you know they're gonna say I'm gonna do this move. So just be ready. Um, and then but there are if there's like a dangerous spot, they'll they'll practice that or they'll at least let them know that that's gonna happen. Uh, and then you know that's how it how that goes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there you go. I had I had no idea. I just I just know because I watched the Rocket movies. That's about that's all about all the knowledge I know. And then they also bring in like all t- t- types of MMA guys now. So it's yeah, any, yeah. Anybody? It's, they're trying to they're trying to get uh, you know a lot of the mainstream fans. Now. So Ronda Rousey's uh, in the mix now. Cain Velasquez uh, made his debut uh, a few weeks ago. So they're they're really trying to cross over. And um, you know, ESPN's finally hopped on that. Bleacher Reports hopped on that. So. They're covering it like real sports. It's crazy. There you go. There you go. There you go. We're gonna get you. Uh, we're gonna get your pod going. Uh, but light years. We're talking. We're talking Warriors. We're talking the worst record in the NBA. Warriors. Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's start. Let's start here. Let's start with. Uh, let's start with the last game. Um, they played yesterday against the Utah Jazz. They came back. I'm gonna be honest, man. I fell asleep the first quarter. Woke back up. <laughs> Watch the rest of the game. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good game, you know? Uh, pretty enjoyable, considering they lost by about 86 points the game before. Right. Yeah, no, I was actually flying yesterday, so when I landed, uh, I was able to catch the end of the game. Um, and they, it was another beautiful tank loss, you know? They, they give you hope. <laughs> they give you that feeling, right? Like, as much as we want them to lose now, that feeling of when they're close, <laughs> you're like, I kind of I want them to win again, you know? <laughs> like, we're not animals. <laughs> we're not complete psychopaths. So, um, but it was nice for them to, you know, keep the tank going and, and eventually lost the game. So it's, it was, it was a really, really solid tank game. And I'm, yeah, like those 50 point blowouts, like I, that's not for me. That's yeah. Not, I'm not all about that. So I, uh, I, I maybe watched like, I'm going to be honest. I maybe watched like a half of that one. Like I wasn't, I couldn't do the, uh, the whole game, but, um, I, I, I will say it is, you're talking about like you know, your feelings watching the game, especially when they're going down the wire. Like, there are moments where it's like, okay, they're catching up. And I do want them to win. Like, I'm rooting for them to win. I mean, being Warriors fan, and it's like... And then you see Alec Burks, you know, make two pretty boneheaded decisions down the down the way, and he misses two layups. And you're, you're frustrated, because, like, you know, that's normal human instinct to be frustrated. So I think that's a good thing. I think I would be pretty... Uh, I think I would be pretty psyched out if I were just like, ooh, Alex Burks just made a bad play. I'm rooting for that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I yeah, think it's yeah, kind of yeah. weird if you're just like outwardly rooting for like, oh, I hope he screws up here. It's, it feels kind of disingenuous as a, as a we, fan. We save those feelings for all of NBA Twitter. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's enough of that going around that we, we should still stick to our roots and hope the Warriors, you know, do well. But if they lose in, in the, you know, what's a lost season, essentially, you know, so be it. Um, you know, it's light years, baby. Yeah, no, it, it uh, no, they look good. I think yesterday the the big one I like was uh, Omari Spellman looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it look, I think like I think his is like classic. I lost a bunch of weight, so now I'm also in shape. So my shot feels good now, and he's in rhythm, and he can play the basketball that he's used to playing. Rather than when you're out of shape, you just you're really just worried about moving up and down the court rather than actually having me being able to play basketball. So I thought that right. was a good piece um, with Spellman, and then. With Kai Bowman, I think, is a big one because they messed up on Kendrick Nunn. They had him last season. Uh, yeah. Oof, he looks like a starter for the, uh, for the oh. Miami Heat in the NBA. Miami Heat was 11-2, by the way, which is right. 11-3, which is insane. 
for some reason, I get uh, app or alerts on my Bleacher Report app for the Miami Heat. I think I have to reconfigure <laughs> my app or something, but it just shows me every time they win and none is just putting up numbers, you know? And it's just like, I get it. Like at the time that he was on the team, like there was just no place for him. But man, it's just a bummer that he could have just kind of been in the mix, right? So yep. it kind of is what it is. Yeah, no, it's it's good to see Bowman kind of be that next guy up because you know if if none if last season's Warriors were this season's Warriors, none would be in the exact same position. Two way player, you know, kind of sh- probably would be in the G League if they had a healthy team. But he's kind of just thrown out there and hey, figure it out. And Bowman looks good. He's good defensively. The numbers prove pretty good for him. Um, he always seems to make like one big splash play play game. Yep. Uh, so I mean, it's it's something where it's, he might be on the team next season. He might be converted to a full time player once they get the uh, salary cap uh, fixed up. I'm not mad at that. I mean, he plays hard, man. Like I know it's that's kind of like it's it's a cliche thing to say, and in, in, again, what is a, a lost <laughs> season? But he does like he could easily just kind of mail it in, go full like G League mode, and just play outside of curse system, just kind of go rogue. But he plays within the system. I mean, he, he he generally tries to just make winning plays. Um, it's kind of refreshing to see, right? Um, obviously, they're not going to win many games with him because he's not clearly capable of being that <laughs> alpha male, that guy to help them win a lot of games. But um, I, I still love the fight, um, even if it's not enough <laughs> most nights this year. Yeah. No, nah, he's good. I, I like him. And then you've got kind of going down the line. Your thoughts on uh, Jordan Poole? Oh, my God, man. <laughs> so, like, I – for shits and giggles, I, uh, I I looked up his numbers, right? And, it, like, on the surface, you're like, man, he's not playing very well. But then when you look at the numbers, it's even worse. Like, oh, boy. My guy is shooting from the field, not from three point, just from the field in general, 27% from the field. 27% from three. It actually goes down. Uh, 20, a, a paltry from the field. Like, he... Man, I get it. Like he should still be pulling. He should still launch uh, because he needs to get shots up. But it's um, that that initial feeling of man, that's a reach during the draft that kind of floated around of, over him. It's kind of coming back, and I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah. I think I think he definitely needs to go down to the G League and just get. He's. Just, I think it's just a confidence thing at this point. Like the dude can clearly play. Um, but if you don't have confidence in the NBA, like you're cooked, like it's, yeah, he, he lost his confidence, uh, the last few weeks, I think in the, in the, in the beginning, you know, the first, you know, maybe five, six, seven games, he ha- he still had it, even though he wasn't playing well and he, he was still there. And then somewhere along the lines, I think once they got on that last road trip, um, you could see that he was trying to make plays for other players when it's like, man, what are you doing? Like, that's not you. Like, they yeah. kind of function more like a Clay Thompson. Like Clay Thompson can sometimes make plays for other players, but that's never his first instinct, and that that should be the way that Jordan Poole should be playing. And it's yeah, it's tough right now. It, I will say like the pressure. There's not that much pressure on him. I don't think it's like oh he's a top ten pick, so he's gonna have to pan out. It's like well he was drafted super late, and you know it, most people said he was a reach. Some people were saying he could have been undrafted even. Um, so. It's one of those things, yeah, I think you have to set him to the G League. There's just no – he's not going to – if he's not able to succeed at least even at a mediocre level right now in the NBA, there's no way he's just going to come out there and all of a sudden start hitting threes and playing well. I, want, I really want to see him like next to Steph and Clay in like a full lineup just because he's the kind of guy who, if he was in the finals last season, 
you know, that's the kind of guy you just need, a guy who just pulls shots, right? Who just puts up shots that yeah. literally no one wanted to shoot in the finals. It was, yeah. it was insane to me. Um, and so with a full roster, I think his role obviously does change significantly. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, he'd be wide open too, right? Rather than yeah, kind of yeah. like, he's kind of being kind of guarded right now and he can't even score against guys that are just kind of guarding him. So yep. it's a, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough watch. Um, Wanted to get your thoughts on Eric Pascal as well because he looks great, but he also can't shoot either. So he's shooting in the sub twenties uh, from three. So um, guys, we're talking about the Warriors getting a shooting coach, and um, I think like, isn't, isn't Steve Kerr uh, isn't he a coach and can't he shoot? So what are we talking about here? Yeah, we need to get. I mean, I, I like him a lot. I think he is a player. Again, it's just he's a he was a stealer, right? Like another second round guy, and he's he's. No question outproducing pool. Um, and I think the shot, I mean, look, 23% from three, that's no good. But he is shooting almost 50% from the field as a whole. So mm-hmm. you can't fault him entirely for that. Like, again, young guys in the league, they don't come out hot. They don't come out hot out of the gates um, in terms of shooting. So I think the three will come around. At least he's putting it up, right? It's not like a Draymond situation where, you know, he's, he's clearly hesitating. He'll at least pull it. Um, and uh, I think it'll just it'll get better. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of his though. Just his one-on-one game, uh, his his ability to get to the basket and just kind of get buckets. Um, yeah. That that's that's super key to get to, to have someone like that in the mix with you know with yeah. these guys, especially once again full roster. This is a completely different conversation, I think, because these two guys are just going to shine more. Yeah, that's uh, by the way, um, Eric Pascal being kind of the number one option on offense or number two if Delo's playing. That Chase Center loves him. I don't know if you've been to a game yet at Chase. I've been to three now. Um, they love him. They they treat him like he's Steph Curry out there anytime he makes like a pull-up jump shot. So that's been pretty good to watch. Chase Center's been pretty good this season. Yeah, no, I still got to get out there. Tickets are uh, – you would be surprised to hear this. They're, they're <laughs> oh, it's re- reasonably priced <laughs> um, yeah. as of late. So uh, I've definitely got to get out there. Um, everything I've heard is it's, it's a great building. Um, and you know, when they are, they have been in a lot of close games there. Um, and you can just kind of feel the energy. I know that the stadium was kind of built a little bit differently than Oracle, just structurally a little bit, like they built it more up. So it's more like a college stadium. So it kind of has that feel, uh, obviously the crowd isn't quite there yet. Um, I think they will get there. Uh, once the, once you know Steph is back and everything else, but I I gotta get out there and uh, I'll 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 be on StubHub a lot, just looking for those. Uh, <laughs> man, when the We Believe Warriors around that time, twenty dollars tickets like right before tip off. Oh, it was it was it was freaking beautiful. Craigslist was yeah. uh, th- you know they uh, they they got me a lot of good games out there. I remember uh, my my buddy did one of those uh, the other week where he kind of just waited until like six forty five to get tickets. Like he <laughs> yeah. was gonna. Like he was gonna go the whole time, but he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna wait all the way to the end and just buy something for like, you know, forty, fifty dollars, right?" And uh, I remember doing that as a kid. Uh, it wasn't wasn't there was no StubHub back then. It was Craigslist, like you're saying. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like you, you would you would just wait and wait, and then like I remember getting lower levels to watch. Like it might have been like Steph's first or second season, and lower levels were like twenty two dollars. It was yeah. just something crazy, maybe even less than that, and we were just. We would already be in the car. We just hop on our way and just meet someone, at, you know, outside Oracle, get our tickets, walk in, and just, you know, maybe mid first quarter and just enjoy the game. And it's just, I, we're we're getting in those we're getting in those hours at Chase Center here. Actually, we're already in those hours. <laughs> I, so I have a theory now, and this is probably it probably has no warrant at all. But like this might be if we're thinking light years, right? 
once they once you know Lacob Kerr Myers saw that the team wasn't you know Steph goes down and they go into this full tank mode. This is now like advertising for everyone to get into Chase Center because the whole narrative for the new Chase Center was oh no one's going to be able to get in like all the real fans going to get priced out. All the real fans are now going to hit it and they're going to see how awesome it is and they're going to want to come back when the team's good again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like conspiracy theories, so this is my new one that I'm I'm going to die on this hill. Andy. Well, hey, I'll I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Joe Lego gets paid either way, <laughs> right? Uh, on this arena, especially this season, and really for a while, and uh, uh, he's not he's not happy that the team is losing, but he's also not that angry. Sure, uh, that that they're going to lose a lot of games here, and uh, they get a bunch of guys rested up, and uh, and then they get a top. I mean, it looks like a top five pick at least yeah. uh, in the NBA draft. So that's uh, that's it's certainly all working out from their perspective. If you know your expectation was to that they would never be successful this season, so um, we'll see what they can do with it. But um, I haven't watched much. I haven't watched much college basketball. I know I know you don't either. But what are your kind of thoughts on what they should be looking for? Um, from a, from a help perspective, or from pretty much anything that they could get in that in that in that draft at the top of the draft, man. Like, I hate to sound like a mid two thousands Warriors fan, but like just looking at the roster, looking at who's projecting, who's going to come back. I, like, my one is probably a big man, just because like I don't know. Willie Colley Stein's kind of been underwhelming this year, and I guess maybe the expectations with him coming in were a little bit too high. Spellman, you know, he's he's. He's actually kind of developing into, an, into a nice player, but I, I feel like they're they're super thin up front. And then I guess the one A is is still like a swingman, um, you know, three and D type of guy. Obviously, they have right now they have Alec Burks, but he's going to be gone probably by midseason, right? Like he's he's trade bait right, for right. sure. Um, Pool, how long can they wait with him? Or you know how how patient will they yeah, be? Yeah, he might not. Him? He probably won't be ready for another year or two. Right. And then same with I mean, Pascal's gonna get minutes, you know, next year for sure. But he, again, he unless he fixes his shot, like they still don't have that guy who can help Steph and Clay spread the floor. Um so I, I guess for the sake of answering your question, not and to give you a uh, not give you a non answer, I will say a big man, just because like they need someone to they need a starting center. I they still don't have one as far as I'm looking at this roster. Right. So if it's Wiseman, I mean, I, he, you know, he, he can kind of fit in with, with what they've got going on. Um, if it fits a little bit of LaMelo ball, hey, you know, let's br- bring that over here. You know, c- come over from Australia, join, join the team. Uh, that's, that's more three than D. But, um, <laughs> or, or maybe neither. And really maybe, just a great yeah, playmaker. May, maybe neither. But uh, yeah, that's, those are kind of what I've got going on. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? What, do you think yeah. they. <sighs> It's a tough one too, because I've I haven't watched college basketball since I was in high school. So sure. let's say almost nine years now, um, except for the the college tournament. But I've been doing a little bit of research, uh, you know, watching some highlights, games, and, and doing a bunch of reading. I I don't know. I think they're just gonna have to pick the best player. I, yeah. I don't think they have a choice here, because if they mess this up, uh, I mean, anytime you mess up a lottery pick, you're you know, it sets the team pack. But the Warriors are the rare lottery team that have ch- championship, you know, contender aspirations that same year that they make that pick, right? So I think that they have more kind of to lose where let's say they pick, you know, for need and it's James Wiseman and he turns out to be, you know, just a normal center. You know, he turns out to be, you know, Kevon Ludi or Ed Davis or somebody like that. And 
that 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 hurts the Warriors really for a long time because yep. you don't just get to pick someone for need. I think they have to pick someone who they feel is the best. And if it's Co Anthony, you know who I've seen who seems more kind of like a Steph Curry type kind of guy. Yeah. Then you then you just pick him because he's the best player. If you feel like Anthony Edwards, who's maybe more of a wing, but maybe shooting guard, small forward, kind of like a clay type, you pick him because uh, you just got to get that talented player because, you know, if you're, if you're pick, if you're shoehorning yourself into, you know, maybe like the eighth best player, but he's a big that you feel could be the best player. Then I think you're doing yourself a disservice. And, you know, Steph's got maybe Steph and clay and, 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 and Draymond have got maybe, you know, four years left of, of contending for a title here. And uh, if they can't get that player to get them over the hump or the player that can kind of help, I think it, it's, it does screw them up long term. Where, where do you stand on, so let's say it's a top three pick, for the, given where they are, that doesn't seem a possibility. Where do you stand on trading the pick? Oh, I'm 100% for trading the pick. Yeah, yeah I'm absolutely. I, I, I think they'll, they'll be calling offices. Uh, I'm sure they already are <laughs> yeah. just to kind of gauge the interest and see like, Hey, what if we have a top three pick and you know, we've got D'Angelo Russell here. Like what, what, what do you want to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure they're waiting with every podcast. I mentioned this and people already know this, but we're waiting with beta breath to see, you know, what happens with the Milwaukee bucks this season. Of are they going to implode? Right. And, yep. and so, but you know, who knows? Paul George got flipped for, you know, 18 first round picks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and nobody thought he was going to move. He still had years left on his contract. He just signed an extension last season. So you start to look at players where they don't just have to have one season left. Like, what about Joel Embiid? What about Carl Anthony Towns? What about, you know, some of these players that may have two years, three years left. But, you know, if they want to leave and you get a top three pick and D'Angelo Russell in return and maybe, you know, more first round picks in the future – I don't know how you can say no, especially if the player says he has to, you know, trade me. Yeah. Right. Like trade me. I'm gone. Like that's, that's how it works in professional sports. Yeah. No, I mean, the reason where, when you brought up the whole, you know, who do they take? My initial answer, honestly, was trade the pick. Right. And then to answer your question, I was like, you know, let's, let's figure this out if they do keep it. But man, that, that's a huge piece um, for anyone to have. And the, the thought of the Warriors actually having that piece after a five-year run in the finals, is it's kind of insane to me. Um, it's, just, it's like no one should be in that position. Like that, that's like a complete 180. Um, and it's, I, I just haven't heard of something like that in a, in a really, really long time. Well, people compare it to, to Duncan, right? Sure, and, yeah. And the Spurs. I, yeah. you know, I kind of think of it as, as, now that you say it, you know, kind of the unfair, like who, who would think about this. It kind of feels like Kevin Durant to the Warriors after the 73-win season. <laughs> yeah. Now, like, it's not a sure thing. It's not a sure thing by any means. Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, that almost made it a sure thing, like as sure as possible, right? And they ended up winning back-to-back titles. And so this is not a sure thing, but getting a top three pick to go with a team that, you know, is pretty much a ready-made contender. Like, they're not going to be the favorite, but let's say you just simply run it back with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, and D'Angelo Russell next season. Like, all healthy coming into the season. That's at least a 50-win team. And so that's as close to a contender that you can have um, with those players and throwing a top three pick on top of that and f- getting some value. Yeah. Like I'm saying that's, that isn't fair. The other thing though, I will say is um, there is no Tim Duncan in the draft. Right. Maybe there's someone that can end up being Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan was, I mean, Tim Duncan was like Anthony Davis, like on roids, right? Yeah. Like, Anthony yeah, Davis yeah. came out. You're like, that's a star. Like Tim Duncan was like, that's a star. Um, Zion Williamson, you know, you would think kind of a sure thing. LeBron James, sure thing. 
Um, you look at this draft, and the more I'm reading, the more I'm seeing is there's nobody like that. You know, maybe maybe Cole Anthony's the next Steph. Maybe James Wise is the next Chris Bosh. But yeah. those are, like, hard babies. Like, <laughs> yeah, those yeah, are yeah. hard babies where it's, like, those are top-end kind of, like, everything falls into place. So I don't think there's anything like that, and that's kind of the that's kind of the back uh, – that's kind of the bad part of this draft is there's really no sure thing because let's say there was a sure thing at point guard, right? Then then I'm okay with that. Like, whatever, get him. But there's no sure thing at point guard anyway, yeah. um, even though it's a guard-heavy uh, draft. I do love the fact that, you know, as two, two Warriors fans, we're just back to talking about the draft. <laughs> like, those five-year – that five-year finals run didn't really go to our heads. We're just – we're back to where we feel comfortable. You know, this is, uh, this is where we thrive, Andy. <laughs> This this is uh I I dude I remember looking at so much um man what was his name uh it was it was a Euro player it wasn't Bellinelli it was a big guy um man he was drafted in the second round I remember being super intrigued by him was it Nicola something I don't remember now um I'm gonna have to look it up but I I remember spending so much time kind of looking at second round picks that the Warriors drafted and just kind of praying and say hey. You know he has a jumper. He could do this. He could do that. Now, now we're doing that with uh, with uh, Alan Smiley Geach. So yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to play with ESPN's lottery uh, <laughs> lottery numbers later to see what the percentages of the Warriors will end up with the number one pick. Um, I always love doing that when the when they were so terrible back in the you know post we believe post we believe. Oh, Yo, you know who I'm talking about? You know who I was thinking about? Kosta Perovic. Oh, there you go. To- 2006 pick after Patrick O'Brien. They drafted Patrick O'Brien and Costa Perovic. Oh my goodness! Oh, the notorious POB. What a, what a uh, legend! A ninth. By the way, that was that was number nine in the ninth. draft. So I, man, I loved whenever Barnett would uh, talk about POB in garbage time, and he would like so the Warriors would score, um, like a you know backcourt guy would score, and POB would be like at half court, and Barnett would always praise him for being ready to play defense like Wilt Chamberlain. It was, it was incredible. It was, it was some A-plus garbage time commentary from JB. Ooh, okay, hey, let's talk about this. I, I had this as something, so maybe you did it as a segue on purpose. So good, good great job. <laughs> Better than me and Sam. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Kalen Azubuki and uh, Pop Fitzgerald and how that chemistry has been going this season. We've got some people with a lot of thoughts on mine, so I want to get yours. Mine are, like... I think Kalen is still finding his own. He's still, he's still sound. Maybe I'm just too used to JB and like, that's on me. Um, but Kalen still feels a little bit out of his element. Um, and I, you know, he has gotten better, you know, over the course of the season. Um, I still think, you know, Fitz is, he's, he's a good play by play guy. Um, the Homer is the Homerism <laughs> still like exudes to like the nth degree. I, I just don't think Kalen is ready or at that level yet where he can push back against, against Fitz. You know what I'm saying? Like, JB didn't do it all that often, but you knew that he he could if if and when he needed to, um, and you know to kind of counter how much of a homer Fitz is. So to answer your question, I I'm like lukewarm on Kalena, and this might have to do more so with the one time I met him in person, and he wasn't like super warm to me. So maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I'm a little biased. I don't know. But in terms of like his work, uh, it's it's like he's still ramping up. He's still figuring out his lane and like how to be you know that that really good color analyst yeah i think i think i'm with you um on the lukewarm on kalena i'm willing there are some people that are not not a fan um i think we're i'm not definitely not a fan of fitz um he's pretty funny though just (laughs) you're you're just kind of laughing at him instead of laughing at the stuff with him 
But I think Kalen, I think you're right. He just doesn't have he, – he's trying things though. Like sometimes he'll like slip into like, like you know, kind of talking like a player or like a normal person, right? Where it's just like, man, that was lit or, or it's just something like that, like colloquial <laughs> terms, right? Yeah. Like, like he'll say that and then you're like, okay, like that was kind of cool. But then like he won't do that often enough and you're just like okay he's is he trying to be someone that's talking like one of us or is he trying to do the analysis like what's he trying to do here um and then he'll like do some breakdowns which is cool i mean he's an nba player so he's smarter than all of us uh, in terms of nba stuff so he can do breakdowns but he also doesn't do enough of them and he also agrees with fits too much and it's like you don't need to agree with the person next to you on every single play. So right. I, I kind of want him to kind of don't, there's not, you don't have to disagree, but just kind of say something different, right? Like have like your own kind of opinion or take or something. And, and it, it just, it, yeah, it is a kind of weird fit um, right now, but it is, you know, I'd give them a full season. Um, we, we haven't seen them in games that, you know, mean anything uh, too. So I, I kind of want Kalena to have a thing like, but it, that takes time. You know, that takes time. That takes years. Yeah, and I mean, I'm still, I, like like you, I'm willing to give him a shot just because Barnett did kind of give him, you know, he passed him the torch um, both on screen, right. um, you know, that last that right, last game right. that Barnett called. You know, he, he had nothing but good things to say about Clinton. Maybe that's just him being an asshole. He's just right? a good like, dude. I mean, Jim yeah, Barnett's just a great guy. Yeah, he's not going to rip dude. Like, he's not going to say you're going to do a crappy job at this, like, live on air. Like, he, that's not JB. So... Um, I am willing to give Kalen a little bit, um, a little bit more leeway in terms of figuring this out. Like it's, it's hard to call a basketball game. Like they're moving so quickly, and um, I, I'm sure he was ready for it. Um, but I, I just, I think once you're sitting in that seat, I remember listening to when he was in the three man booth back in, in his ESPN days. Just how different it is once you're kind of sitting down there, right? The viewpoints change, um, and kind of like your reaction time to analyze things and actually say things. Uh, it, it's just it becomes you become like a referee essentially right it's like it's a split second decision a split second commentary so um yeah i i, I hope he does figure it out i do want him to succeed especially because we're gonna be watching a lot of these games over the next few years like you want to yeah. like your color commentary guy yeah yeah and, and the, on the other side barnett's doing road games with tim roy and i mean i don't i don't think you could find a better combo and that's uh, that's elite, that is, elite. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean Tim Roy is just I've listened to him since to him as a kid. He's fantastic. Um and he's gotten better, I think, as the Warriors have played in bigger games. And then Barnett's just he's kinda like the perfect color guy. I mean, he he says some things that are a little you're like, uh uh, but then he's he's just amazing. He's just he's the perfect guy to just do analysis, say something fun, and then he has his own type of he has his own set of rules and stuff that you just know him by, right? Like you, you think of Jim Barnett and you think of kind of like you can think of like four or five different things that he always says, like, you know, air balls in the corners go the opposite way or something like that, or, or air balls go to the, the, the fast break. Yeah. 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 So, so that's good. Um, on that side, we'll, we'll give him some time. I wanted to end our, I wanted to do the last topic though on the rest of the NBA, um, which this I find fascinating. This I'm very excited about because, uh, Woj, uh, and Zach Lowe wrote a piece today yep. about the NBA reconsidering um, things to help the schedule. Um, and this includes so reseeding of the conference finalists, mm-hmm. um, of oh, the four conference finalists. So this would be the two semifinal games right. uh, uh, in each conference. Uh, and then a 30-team in-season tournament and a postseason play-in. 
so I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts uh, on all of that. Do you like it? Uh, do you hate it? Do you want to see it? Do you not give a shit? <laughs> it's it's a bizarre because I think so. The fit, the solve that they're trying to get to is, you know, no more load management games, right? Where all these guys are just resting on nationally televised games. You know, pisses advertisers, pisses off the network. But if you look at it, like this whole system would actually increase the amount of games or possible games played. I think it's like there's a I believe the article said something like there's a small possibility that a team could play like up to 83 games. So it's like yes, what is. are we really knocking Correct. off here? Like the whole the solve to this issue is less games. Like I know that you know the basketball revenue income people don't want to hear that. The networks don't want to hear that because of all the money they technically be losing. But like with less games you just have a better product. So like this Seems just like a convoluted plan to, and like you're gonna increase more high pressure games with this this playing tournament or whatever it's called. So it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, to me. Um, I'm I'm curious. Like, am am I the only one who thinks that? Like, the, a lot of people were kind I... of into it uh, on Twitter. Some, some I saw some anti tournament sentiment, um, but I, where, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of come to the uh, sad acceptance of – or the acceptance of the sad reality that I just don't think the NBA is going to cut a certain amount of games anytime soon. Yeah. Like maybe at some point in our lifetime they'll cut it to 66 or 60, whatever. I just don't think that's going to happen. And so I've accepted that. And so I understand where you're coming from, but – They've got to make the regular season interesting here because ever since kind of the Warriors, ever since the Warriors did what they did in 2016 and then lost the championship, I think other teams look at that as as like the cautionary tale, even if it's right, even if it's wrong, and just say, I'd rather just win 59 and just, you know, or I'd rather win 52. Yep. And just going as a two seed. And it just, I would just rather do that because I am not in any way you know, going to push my guys and see what happens and and try to go for, you know, go for glory when, you know, it should be about the championship. So the NBA since then has become pretty just unwatchable in the regular season. Like you look at these slates of games and, you know, guys are resting or guys are like sitting from injury because, you know, they're they're sitting an extra week or two. Um, And, you know, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help that, you know, Steph, Clay and KD are all out. Uh, and I just think the NBA is in a place where really we're not even talking about Christmas this season being starting. We're really talking about like March where it's like the end of the season. And then you've got a playoff series that's seven games each round, right? Like if I were just a normal NBA fan and not watch, not having to watch every game, every Warriors game, I probably wouldn't even tune into the postseason. Right. Right. Like, I, I, I don't fault people for that. I wouldn't tune – like, no, maybe it, sometimes I'd watch, like, you know, LeBron versus Giannis. Okay, like, I'll watch that. But, like, beyond that, what, why would anybody watch an NBA game? Unless you're a hardcore fan. So they've got to find a way to give the fans something to, to root for, to look for, to watch to. And if that's a tournament, then I'm all for it. They need to try something, and I'm not as smart as them. They're the ones that are, that are rich and smarter of all this. So if they come up with an idea, you know, that they think it's fair, I think a tournament's fair. 
I think that's fun, and, and you can you can I think you can argue that people you know maybe they don't care about it, maybe they won't play as hard, you know. But it's better than what we're doing now. Yeah, I mean, the at the end of the day, something needs to change, and obviously we know that they know that. What's wild too is like there's a blueprint for so you know your number of sixty six games. What's crazy is like do you remember the it was right. They, I believe the first set of games was like on Christmas or like super close to Christmas, which was incredible, right? Because mm-hmm. that's in general, that's kind of when everyone feels that the NBA season actually starts anyway, because everyone like that's the NBA's mm-hmm. day, right? That's become a thing. It was 66 games, like, like that. I feel like that was like the, the ideal amount, like, they, they, they were able to cut down on back to backs, like, there were less, you know, five and five games and seven nights, the type of situations. And, like, that was the blueprint for a 66-game season, like, being sick. Like, it was also the blueprint for the NBA look at how much money did we lose. So it was, it was just, like, I guess a double-edged sword that season. It's just unfortunate because that was – I remember that season being super into it because it was like, oh, I got to cram in all this NBA in, like, an X, you know, X amount of months uh, as opposed to it being spread out basically over a half year. Um, it just kind of felt like a little football-esque where it was like, oh, it's like – you know, it, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't once a week, but it, it almost felt like that. Like, I'd be okay if they just ran an, an NCAA schedule. Yeah. Like, just, like, 40 regular season games, right? And just, like, do a Western Conference, uh, you know, I'm just kind of shooting shit out of my ass, but it's, like, just do a Western Conference, Eastern Conference, uh, you know, one-game playoff. I, you know, maybe that will make sense. Whatever. But, like, do something. Yeah. Anything. I, I literally do not care what you throw out there but if it's new and it's fresh you're gonna get people to watch the games you're gonna get new eyeballs you're gonna get and it's like and guess what the people that whine the people that aren't happy the people that are on twitter pissed off they're gonna watch the games anyway (laughs) they're hardcore fans they're gonna watch the games anyway you're not trying to make them happy they're gonna watch you're trying to make the people that are miserable that are not miserable, but the people that don't want to watch the basketball games in the regular season because they think it's miserable. So that's where you're trying to get it to. And yeah, I mean, I look, you cut it to 30 games, love it. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't, I don't care. But again, you know, the money and all of the economics behind it, I get it. I get it. And I almost understand, like, okay, 82 is 82, but okay, find something here, find a common ground here and make something interesting. Um, and I think Bill Simmons has always thrown something new out there. He's thrown like a play in tournament and that type of stuff. And so that's good that it's not out there. But I think they're, I think they have to understand that you're not trying to make the consumers right now that you have happy. You're trying to make the consumers that you don't have to just turn on the fucking TV or turn on the stream and watch the game. Right. And like to play, I, to play devil's advocate against myself, essentially not be a complete Debbie downer on the idea that like the playing aspect of it. I was kind of into that. The issue I, I had with it was like this. It's, I believe it's like the seven, eight, nine and 10 seeds would kind of like right. play to play in. But then it's like the seventh. if I'm the seventh and eight seeds, I would feel screwed over. Right. Like what, anything can happen in a one game thing. So you'd have to almost make um, like, top six are in the playoffs for sure and then seven eight nine ten in some sort of like you have to do it like baseball where you call them like wild cards or something and, and then that becomes a playing game but um that was my only issue with with that as I, I did like that but again it's just it's just more games right it's more games it's more high pressure games for these guys to uh, another game where they can wear down and break down so um yeah. it's I, I'm interested to see like how this goes because obviously it's picked up a lot of legs, especially with Woj and Zach. 
recording it. Like those guys just don't report on anything. So yeah, um, right. They they've got they've gotten like ten sources on it. Well, I, I think the the argument to that is that you know these these seven seeds, eight seeds. That's not LeBron playing that right. game, right? So you're not like. Well, LeBron's been in the playoffs, you know, besides last season, the last, you know, 10 seasons, and you don't want him to wear down. You just well, don't, he might not try. It's like, well, he might not need to try because he's probably not playing in that game. Yeah. <laughs> like the Lakers are the one seed right now. They look like, you know, they're fast tracking to the Western Conference Finals. So it's like, you know, a lot of these guys, it's like giving Aaron Gordon a chance to shine. Yeah. Right. It's like giving uh, these younger guys, you know, maybe even Devin Booker a chance to shine, Carl Anthony Towns, like put them on a stage where, you know, people get to watch those players. And say, wow, like I could be watching more basketball because these players that we've never heard of are probably pretty good. Like watching Devin Booker, who even knows who Devin Booker is outside of hardcore fans and Suns fans. Nobody gives a shit. And so I think, you know, a lot of this, you know, could be helpful and provide provide them a little more spotlight because right now, I mean, a lot of the focus has been on Steph and KD, LeBron. Uh, and those guys, and you know, a couple of those guys are now 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 pretty much for the season. Yeah, and you've got an NBA that's, I, I'm you know looking at the last article, the NBA ratings are down again, and it's not, it it's you've got even if you think this is a gimmick, right? Even if people think this is a gimmick, so what? Uh, it, to my my thing is like, so what? Who cares? Like this 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 is this product that I feel like out there is, is pretty unwatchable. Even the Rockets Clippers last night. I don't know if you watched. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, it was it was a good, good game, game good yeah. finish, but majority of the game was pretty unwatchable. Um, you know, just because all the foul calls and what? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the Rockets have yeah. fouls called in their games. Yeah, at least to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't know. You got any uh, final thoughts before we kind of had to head out here on the um, on the change in the NBA? Um. You know, it's. I'm just. I just. I want more info because again, to me, the numbers just didn't kind of add up to like it fixing the current issue and again if, if you want to take like your stance of something has to change and maybe this i can buy that but it, it just seems like the same thing just repackaged you know yeah. and, and just so that's what i'm interested to see is if they can actually figure and uh, they have a bunch of hoops to jump through right they, they got to clear this with like the players association and all that stuff so um obviously this is this honestly might have been the nba like floating it out there through two reliable guys to see like what the reaction was from everyone uh, just to see like how everyone would feel about it. Um, And I don't know, man, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm such a freaking NBA stand. Like I'll probably be swayed (laughs) no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, that's the one where I I would tell them like if I were someone in the, in the PR team or someone that's, you know, kind of managing kind of to doing strategy for the ratings, be like Ben Cruz, we don't give a shit. Yeah. He's gonna watch it. Any- yeah. We don't. We, he's gonna watch anyway. We don't care. We're trying to get to Kevin Liu, you know, my little brother, yeah. who like doesn't watch the NBA outside of the big games and the playoffs. We're like, we're trying to get him to spend a Saturday or a Wednesday night to watch a play-in tournament. Like, we're trying to get that guy. That's who we're trying to get. And you know, hopefully this is gonna be, you know, hopefully this is gonna be a, a harbinger for change. But you know, we'll see. The NBA is certainly. They, I will say the NBA. They they will change. Like they will change. Of all the leagues, now, yeah, yeah, they're most the most open to it. Yeah, I think like they'll they'll you know you know sixty six. That's probably not going to happen. It's just it's the money. Anytime it's money, I even if it's rich, it's like can you blame them? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like it's like would you? Yeah, would you change? Like I always love when people kind of say like, oh, like this rich guy, like he should done this and sacrifice more money. It's like why would you? You wouldn't. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, blame the rules. Like blame whoever put the rules in place. It's you would never sacrifice that money. So why why would you get all you know pissy because someone else isn't? Um, so I think I can't blame you know kind of the NBA for that. But yeah, uh, you know it's like the NFL doesn't change, right? The MLB certainly doesn't change, and they take decades to change. I think MLB is probably what they're looking at and saying like we can't continue down that mm. route. MLB now has you know the, the playing game and then the wild card stuff, but like. regular season major league baseball is damn near unwatchable i'm sorry like i love baseball i love sports in general but like i'm not gonna spend like my you know a july afternoon just chilling watching a baseball game like for four hours right so like i think they're at least they're trying to get ahead of the mlb problem which has a ratings problem too right like and you know what you said about you know getting the younger viewers and the new viewers like i i can't even you know, I, I have coworkers who have kids. I tell you, if any of them watch baseball, I I I, I project that like a hard. No, no, no. Yeah, no, nobody. Maybe suburban white kids, but that's sure. like about it. And yeah, and maybe yeah. they just play base. Maybe they just play baseball. But like, like that's like. And the other part of it is baseball makes so much money too. It's yeah. not like they're going broke, right? Like yeah. the the teams are making a shit ton of money. The players are making a fair amount of money. The NBA, the teams are making a shit ton of money. Like same thing. It's like. It's like so to kind of find a way you're trying to maybe ask him to sacrifice a little bit for ratings. I, you know, that that's like the kind of the heart in the rock place there. Um, but you know, we'll see. I think more, more importantly for us, uh, we get to go to Chase Center games whenever we want. And then, you know, hopefully next season you've got the Warriors back to, uh, back to who they were the last few years. So there you go. You can only hope. By the way, how much is how much is like food at Chase Center? So if I'm budgeting like a ticket, if I'm budgeting an evening, right, I can get tickets for you know Christ's prices back day. Am I spending like double that to like get no hearing some food? The food's about the same as uh, Oracle. Okay, um, I think people were a little bit worried about pricing inside, and I I was pretty shocked. I mean, it's not cheap at San Francisco, sure, but it's it's about the same. Like a beer is about the same. I think it's like. 13 to 15 dollars um Jesus and then Christ. yeah which is you know you know that's but but that was oracle too sure yeah. um and then you've got uh, and it's also way easier to get you know drinks and food too there's just so many stands um, where in oracle uh-huh. it, was, it was pretty tough um yeah. and then and then with food it's it's there's a first of all the food is fantastic there is just a ridiculous amount of options and the food is pretty like it's pretty damn good um and it's standard sf pricing like it's not like you know, you okay. can get like a yeah, it's standard like a slice of pizza is like I think like ten or eleven bucks, which is like, ugh, like oh my god, it's, but it's, it's absurd. You know, but yeah, it's San Francisco, yeah, so. But it's like that's that's my that's my view on it. It's just like God, it's absurd. But also, I'm born and raised here. Like I know how this shit works. Like right. I, I'm not gonna be in fucking Ohio buying a three dollar slice. Like that's just I'm never. I would rather just play ten bucks and just just live here. So that's, there you go. That's why you're a real warrior. Season doesn't phase you, and high prices at Chase Center don't phase you. You're like, you're you're the target demographic for Joe Lincoln right now. I, I, I am, I am, and uh, you know we can we can shout out KJ for uh, for the podcast ad read money. So you know, there you go, <laughs> go. All right, man, Ben Cruz, sir, I appreciate having you on, huh? No, thank you for having me on. This is always a blast, and uh, you know, I, I like how Sam had me on for 
and then us two Asian guys got to go for about 45. I like it. Man. Sam, I what's cannot, up? I cannot, I cannot wait to let him know this. I cannot wait. Maybe after this weekend, though. Maybe after this weekend. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, give him, give him a little bit of a break. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that under wraps. But, you know. All right, man. All right, dude. Yeah,